Chapter One of the Trail of the Lonesome Pine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Barony. The Trail of the Lonesome Pine by John Fox Jr. Chapter One. She sat at the base of the big tree. Her little sunbonnet pushed back. Her arms locked about her knees, her bare feet gathered under her crimson gown, and her deep eyes fixed on the smoke in the valley below. Her breath was still coming fast between her parted lips. There were tiny drops along the roots of her shining hair, for the climb had been steep, and now the shadow of disappointment darkened her eyes. The mountains ran in limitless blue waves towards the mounting sun, but at birth her eyes had opened on them, as on the white mists trailing up the steeps below her. Beyond them was a gap in the next mountain chain, and down in the little valley just visible through it were trailing blue mists as well, and she knew that they were smoke. Where was the great glare of yellow light that the circuit rider had told about, and the leaping tongues of fire? Where was the shrieking monster that ran without horses like the wind, and tossed back rolling black plumes all streaked with fire? For many days now she had heard stories of the furriners who had come into those hills, and were doing strange things down there, and so at last she had climbed up through the dewy morning. From the cove on the other side, to see the wonders for herself. She had never been up there before. She had no business there now, and if she were found out when she got back, she would get a scolding and maybe something worse from her stepmother, and all that trouble and risk for nothing but smoke. So she lay back and rested, her little mouth tightening fiercely. It was a big world, though. That was spread before her, and a vague awe of it seized her straightway, and held her motionless and dreaming. Beyond those white mists trailing up the hills, beyond the blue smoke drifting in the valley, those limitless blue waves must run under the sun on and on to the end of the world. Her dead sister had gone into that far silence, and had brought back wonderful stories of that outer world. And she began to wonder more than ever before whether she would ever go into it and see for herself what was there. With the thought, she rose slowly to her feet, moved slowly to the cliff that dropped sheer ten feet aside from the trail, and stood there like a great scarlet flower in still air. There was the way at her feet, that path that coiled under the cliff and ran down loop by loop. Through majestic oak and poplar and masses of rhododendron, she drew a long breath and stirred uneasily. She'd better go home now, but the path had a snake-like charm for her, and still she stood, following it as far down as she could with her eyes. Down it went, writhing this way and that, to a spur that had been swept bare by forest fires. Along this spur, it travelled straight for a while, and as her eyes eagerly followed it to where it sank sharply into a covert of maples, 
the little creature dropped of a sudden to the ground, and like something wild, lay flat. A human figure had filled the leafy mouth that swallowed up the trail, and it was coming towards her. With a thumping heart she pushed slowly forward through the brush, until her face, fox-like with cunning and screened by a blueberry bush, hung just over the edge of the cliff. And there she lay, like a crouched panther cub looking down. For a moment all that was human seemed gone from her eyes. But as she watched, all that was lost came back to them, and something more. She had seen that it was a man, but she had dropped so quickly that she did not see the big black horse that unled was following him. Now both man and horse had stopped. The stranger had taken off his gray slouched hat, and he was wiping his face with something white. Something blue was tied loosely about his throat. She had never seen a man like that before. His face was smooth and looked different, as did his throat and his hands. His breeches were tight, and on his feet were strange boots that were the color of his saddle, which was deep in seat, high both in front and behind, and had strange long-hooded stirrups. Starting to mount, the man stopped with one foot in the stirrup and raised his eyes towards her so suddenly that she shrank back again with a quicker throbbing at her heart and pressed closer to the earth. Still, seen or not seen, flight was easy for her, so she could not forbear to look again. Apparently he had seen nothing, only that the next turn of the trail was too steep to ride, and so he started walking again and his walk, as he strode along the path, was new to her, as was the erect way with which he held his head and his shoulders. In her wonder over him, she almost forgot herself, forgot to wonder where he was going and why he was coming into those lonely hills, until, as his horse turned a bend of the trail, she saw hanging from the other side of the saddle something that looked like a gun. He was a raider, that man. So cautiously and swiftly, then, she pushed herself back from the edge of the cliff, sprang to her feet, dashed past the big tree, and, winged with fear, sped down the mountain, leaving in a spot of sunlight at the base of the pine the print of one bare foot in the black earth. End of chapter 1 Recording by Barony the Trail of the Lonesome Pine by John Fox, Jr.